2: <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, who was that?
0: I don't know his name. I think it's from the uh, like the Manitoba Junior League. But, oh, uh, my
2: goodness. How to give people a laugh on a positive Friday. <laughs> oh, that was great. Welcome to the positive Friday edition of the Gregor Show on Sports 1440 Live. <laughs> on uh, Orders Nation, uh, YouTube is always presented by Play Alberta C A Alberta's only regulated online gambling website. And remember, the uh, game starts before the puck drop at playalberta.ca. New players get a $50 free bet when you use the code SPORTS50. So uh, check it out right now. The code is SPORTS50. Man, we have uh, lots to discuss on the uh, program today. Lots going on. Uh, Something tells me there'll be a few different opinions today on the show. We're going to hear from uh, the Admiral from spitting Chicklets. Uh, R.A. will join us. Uh, of course, uh, Tater will get with his two-minute warning. Lorianne Munzer will be by. Wanya Gretz, uh, Craig Button, uh, former NHLer, a uh, color man for the Florida Panthers, Randy Moeller, will be by. The uh, Panthers suddenly can't score. Shout out in back-to-back games. They get set to take on the orders tomorrow night. Kelly Hodson from United Sport and Cycle. We'll be by. It's another day of uh, month of giving. We'll tell you what's up today. And, of course, uh, we'll probably talk about the Edmonton Orders last night. Uh, Order fans are watching that game. Uh, the Oilers, uh, you've never seen that many shots in a game. Edmonton, 57 shots last night. Four goals as Vasilevsky was outstanding. You, you know what? That was the amount of great saves that he made was was really mind-blowing to watch for me anyway and i know oder fans you know what you get frustrated i get it but really for oder fans now you know what other teams and other fan bases feel like when connor mcdavid has a game where maybe the orders only have 20 shots he ends up with five points and they win and you're like what the hell is going on Well, that's what happened. Vasilevsky last night. And the thing is Vasilevsky has played nine games this year. Four games, he has a save percentage of 900. Four games, his save percentage between eight and 900. And one game, he has it under 800. Think about that. Four out of nine starts this year for Vasilevsky, he's had a save percentage above 900. Last night was his best game of the season. By a mile. And he looked like the best goalie in the world last night. I still, when I watched Vasilevsky play, I'm like, how's this guy only have one Vesna?" Doesn't make sense to me. Honestly, like that performance last night by the goalie was utterly remarkable. Like the orders, like they dominated for long stretches, especially in the second period. Like the second period, they scored three goals. They probably could have had six. We can talk about the third and we will. But their inability to score in the second period is what cost them. Because they had chance after chance after chance. And they did get three. But they could have had way more. Then you get to the third period. And the uh, the third goal, Stamkos uh, knocks the rebound out of midair. People claiming that's a bad goal. I, I don't see how that's a bad goal. Now the fourth goal, we can have a lot of discussion about the fourth goal. So, number one. The play starts in the offensive zone. Drysaddle has possession. Good defensive play. Or you are going to say bad puck possession by Drysaddle? I'd probably lean more to a good poke check by, I think it was Sergachev. Turns the puck up. Now they go up ice. It's a nothing play. You got Kucherov. He doesn't even have control of the puck. CeCe's there. And CeCe, Cardinal Sin, doesn't tie up his stick. Stuart Skinner on that. Now you're caught kind of in no man's land because there was no play. Like, the puck is coming in. There's no play to read for Stuart Skinner. You're watching it. The puck's coming here. Okay, like, the defenseman has him. The puck's not even on Kucherov's stick. Then the puck all of a sudden is there. He goes to poke check it. Kucherov basically beats him to the poke check. Like, it's you don't Sure, you don't want it to have happen. Skinner, could he have made a better play? Yes. But that's not one where you see a shot from the blue line that goes right through the guy, and you're like, "How's that happen?" That's kind of a weird goal. It's definitely one that Skinner should save, but it's also a shot that should never happen. Cody Ceci just tie up your guy; right? nothing happens there. So Skinner and Ceci on that goal. Then you go to the fifth goal. Bouchard's coming up the right side of the ice. No one's pressuring him. What does he do? He just sauces one across ice to no one. Goes right on Tampa Bay stick. They would do an outlet pass. To, to stamp goes he comes in, shoots through the screen, scores. Now that one, Skinner's got to save. No, I don't think there's any argument. I Even if it's through a screen, it's far enough away, got you, you got to find a way to pick it up quicker. Again, though, Edmonton had complete control of the puck and just gave it away. Right? They've really eliminated that. And, you know, it's unfortunate. Skinner, I'll give him credit. We'll play his comments um, post-game. He basically just hey, It's on me i gotta be better the other guys in here they should feel good about themselves i gotta be better and really what what else do you want like what else can be said now skinner didn't have you know those two goals fourth and fifth one you'd like him to make a better play i think that's fair i think where where you lose me is oh he's tired he's played four games in 14 days the poke check had nothing to do with fatigue even through a screen, I don't buy fatigue whatsoever. He started twenty games so far. Yes, he started twenty of twenty-eight, but the orders haven't played many games. He started twenty games. That's eighth most in the NHL. Now, if you want to project that he could play fifty or sixty, and that's a concern, that's totally fair. But also, we have to understand the order schedule up until February sixth isn't very busy at all. They only play eleven games in the month of January. They have every Sunday and Monday off. Every one. So I I don't really buy the fatigue aspect at all. You're playing four games in 14 days and you're tired? No chance. It's not fatigue. Little bit of unlucky because it's kind of a nothing play and you make a poke check, you lose. Fifth one, 100% you want to make that save. I I can't argue that. But should Tampa have even had the rush? Probably not, but still you got to make the save. I don't expect the players to be perfect. Sometimes you got to make, if it's a tic-tac-toe play, you're like, Hey, whatever. But when it's a long shot from the blue line, you still want your goalie to save the buck. But the big story really was how good Vasilevsky was. Honestly, I think sometimes, you know what? Especially order fans. You've been spoiled watching Connor McDavid do that to other teams often. All the time. It's rare to have a goalie do it. Fair, but still, That was one of the greatest individual performances I've seen live in a long, long time. Vasilevsky was utterly amazing. That's the story for me. You don't see a guy play that well, that often, make that many saves on the high-scoring team in the NHL over the last month. And really, the high-scoring team in the NHL over the last 100-plus games. He was electrifying and you know me, I love goals. Like, I was, I'm like, how did he save that? Like, I, I rewatched the game this morning, and specifically the second period, I was like, I can't believe this. Like, the Oilers, first of all, how they dominated Tampa Bay. Just utter domination in the second period. Chance after chance after chance. Like, a few of the saves he made, I was just like, how, I didn't, you watch it again, what? Like, God, the guy's so athletic. So for me, that was the uh, that was the big story uh, last night. Um, I'm not jumping on the um, the the fatigue train at all. All I and I'm sorry. I talked to numerous people that if if you think the third goal is a bad goal on the goalie, I I don't think you understand the position. I both goalie guys I talked to today, you know what? The poke check is it unfortunate? Yeah, but you still got to make a better play, and I think that's fair. The fifth one, no question. You can't get beat from there. I don't care how good of a shot it is. From that far through one screen, you got to pick it up. That's what every guy goalie said, and uh, and Skinner agreed. And so now they just got to, you know, they bounce back. They're not going to win every game. Like, I, I don't, I'm not a big believer in, oh, they've won eight in a row. They lose one. and now, oh, everything's terrible. Would you like guy to play better? Sure. It's, it's no different than, you know, when when the Orders were struggling. Or, oh, they should trade cycle. Pardon? I yeah, remember that one. We were getting texts that they should trade cycle. So I'm not a big believer in, I don't like hyperbole. I don't really like it. The Orders have played, like, they played really well last night. Really well. I don't really, like, the first two goals on Skinner, I didn't have much of an issue with. Like, it's a broken play off the power play that gets the puck squirts Frito guy point blank. You know, a guy who's a, you know going to be a 500-goal scorer. I don't really blame Skinner on the first goal. Second one's a rebound. Now, those goals happen. Not terrible. Not great. Not terrible. I didn't think through the first 40 minutes he was bad. But the fourth and fifth goal, I think it's fair to say, hey, you'd find a way to stop one of them, minimum. I think that's fair. But Vasilevsky, my goodness. Like, I'm trying to think, when was the last time? Like, you look at some of the chances. Like, I know they had 40 shots against Wedgwood, but how many really good chances did they have? Like, last night? Like, the Orders had, uh, they had over 25 quality chances last night. It was mind-blowing. Like, they were really good. To me, that's a good sign. You've won eight in a row, and you showed no sign of being like, eh, we're happy with how we're playing. That's a good one for me. The orders now. You got to. Here is the key for me. Skinner came out. He said all the right things, but now he's got to come out in his next game and play better. Because you can't change the past, but you can't let the past leak in to the present. And suddenly, you know, after playing well, be like, oh, geez, you know, there is a few goals I didn't like. Well, now I am going to cave. Can't happen. That to me is what the uh, the test is going to be for Stuart Skinner. Is how does he respond in his next game? You got to think he'll be okay, but I don't know. I don't really know. So that to me is uh, is what I'll be watching for tomorrow night. If and I'm guessing they're probably going to put him back in. I know we got some text, Gregor. Would you go to pick her next game? No, but I will say this, I. I could go to Pickard on Tuesday in in Long Island. I, I think about it now. I know they're going to say, "Well, he's not your starter," and he's going to play two out of three games before the Christmas break. Mm, sure, but I could think about it, and and I don't think it would be crazy. So you know, Florida comes in suddenly. They, they got they don't have any goals in the last two games. Now, no goals on sixty shots. That's obviously like they've uh, they lost two games, both by identical scores of four nothing. There's some empty net goals in there. And uh, they outshot their opposition. Well, they outshot Vancouver 2-1 to one last night and lost. Outshot them 36-18. to 18, Lost 4 nothing. So, they'll, they'll be a disappointed team. They'll be a hungry team. And the Orders, gotta find a way to not let all the wins suddenly just revert into now you're suddenly on a two-game losing streak. That, to me, is going to be the uh, challenge for them. Also, today it is the Pyramid of Giving. Today for the Christmas Bureau. As uh, they have a big demand right now. I, I know you're sitting there. Maybe you're a little frustrated. I get it. Well, you know what's going to ease your frustration? Knowing you can uh, help others. And and that's what we'll do today. We'll do uh, typical uh, five. Uh, we'll have 15 people at $100, 10 people at 200 4 at $500, and uh, 2 at 1000 So if you uh hey i'd love to keep with the tradition of uh, we've we've went from the top down here the last few weeks which is great with the uh, the big ones filling up early which is awesome so we'll take it but uh, or hey all of you want to come in on a pause of friday with hundreds let's do it 833 401 1440 833 401 1440 text in with your name and your amount and then we will uh, connect you with uh, lisa and everyone at the christmas bureau And away we go. And hey, ask and you shall receive. Shane is in at $1,000 to start. Boom, I like it. Jeez. Try this this at home. Hey, why don't we do this? Go this way. Awesome. So, and Wally's in at 100 There we go, top and bottom. Let's keep it rolling. 833-401-1440 is the text line. It's pause of Friday. Of course, we want to fill out the pyramid and make it a good day. We'll come back. The admiral will join us. We'll get uh, more on the uh, the NHL, St. Louis Blues, the Oilers, and much, much more. It's a Gregor Show presented by PlayAlberta.ca. Positive Friday continues on. How are you, Jason Gregor? Connor Halley with you, Gregor Show. Always presented by PlayAlberta.ca. And uh, we had uh, Shane in at 1,000, Gerard's in at 200, Wally's in at 100. So off and running. Um, uh, we're looking out to uh, build the uh, pyramid of giving today for the Christmas Bureau. All right, uh, they got the big shortage right now. I know you're a little frustrated with the loss last night. Although you shouldn't be that frustrated. They've won eight of the last nine games. Not going to win every game. And Vasilevsky was the best goalie in the NHL last night. And there's a reason why. He's won two Stanley Cups. He's won a Vezna. I'm surprised he hasn't won more Veznas, to be honest. I think he's the most athletic goalie in the league. And, you know, his ability, shots on the ice, Oh, you can't beat him almost. Right? Like, look at their goals. McDavid, kind of off of a break right in front. You look at uh, Zach Hyman standing there, goes off his leg. They uh, The new, uh, that was a great pass from Bouchard to Nugent. Really no chance. But man, when Vasilevskiy could see the puck last night, he couldn't beat him. It was impressive, to say the least. Uh, very, very impressive. I know frustrating maybe, but it, like I said, if you're going to get that upset over one loss, come on. They're not going to win every game. I'm telling you that right now. No team does. I mean, heck, even the Boston Bruins. Greatest regular season ever. Well, they lost four games when they really uh, three in a row. Only time all year, probably at the worst time, of course, when it was in the first round of the playoffs, so you never know. But, uh, I, hey, the orders set a franchise high, too, in 57 shots. That was the second period. Might have been the greatest period that I can recall a goalie playing in a long, long time. It was, And he, and he gave up three goals, and he was still unbelievable in that middle frame. Let's get to our uh, big guest of the day, brought to you by... The JPHL, an academy style approach for U fourteen, U fifteen, and U eighteen players with a spoke focus on skill development and education. And uh, they have their winter class going on right now. Check it out the silent ice uh, arena on the south side. It's the junior prospects hockey league dot com. And uh the admiral, rear admiral from uh Spitting Chicklets, uh, joins us now. RA, how you doing? Good. What's going on,
1: folks? How we been?
2: Hey, I'm good. Now, you've seen a pretty lot of good goal-attending performances the last few years in Boston, of course. Uh, they've been pretty good. But I don't know how much you watched of Vasilevsky last night, but my God, that was one of the greatest goalie performances I've seen in a long time.
1: Oh, spectacular. I, I did have it on. Uh, I mean, I, I think at the beginning of the year, everyone said Tampa just has to kind of tread water. Uh, don't fall too far in the playoff position, positioning, which they didn't. Uh, and they get the best goal in the world back. And I, I don't think there's any dispute about it, about who that is right now. I mean, maybe not right this second uh, up to the minute, but over the last few years, there's nobody better than Batsy. And we saw exactly why uh, last night. Uh, and it was a great scene a couple of weeks ago and when, when he tried, what's his name, Coop tried to get out of the game and he waved him off. Uh, that was just a, something you don't see every day. He's just an ultimate competitor. Uh, he basically had his training camp the first couple of weeks of the of his return and, and yeah no surprise anytime time he does something like that it's a joy to watch especially as a huge goalie fan
2: yeah it's uh it was him like his legs down low was and his ability to go side to side is just I don't see any goalie that comes close to it really when he's on his game. Like he, I know he gave up four goals, but that might be the greatest four goals against performance I've ever seen, especially in the second period. Like he's just so athletic down low and, you know, it's only his ninth game of the season, you know, he's being a little bit of rust, but man, if he gets going like that, there's a reason why Tampa Bay come playoff time. You got to have him as a contender just because of him.
1: Yeah. I mean, 50, like four goals, but I think it was 54, 56, whatever the shot total was, it's, not too shabby when you get that many shots at, you. yeah, I know that depth may be a little bit of a concern, but I don't know. I, I think if if you have any type of caliber of goalie like that, you always have a chance. And of course, you know, they've got all that that experience on the team, And I think Coop knows how to push those buttons pretty well. don't don't count Tampa Bay out by any stretch certainly at this point of the season,
2: and uh, the orders who have been the highest scoring team in the NHL, like it's not like he sh- you know he shut down the ducks or the sharks. He shut down a team that was absolutely rolling and uh, got them to a win. I know obviously, you know Skinner came out in the third period and said after the game, "Hey, there's a few goals there he'd like back in the third, So, you know, it's a disappointing loss for Edmonton, but you know, it's another really dominant performance when you think about the skaters. Like they were all over Tampa Bay in that game.
1: Oh, Edmonton, I mean, it, you you've got to be crazy to, to put that team on the power play and you know, they weren't going to uh, win out for the rest of the year. Eight games in a row, they, they pretty much got right back into the race. McDavid going for what? I think 91st to 10th in scoring in about 10 days. So, um yeah, you know, if you're an Edmonton fan, yeah, you don't want to give up that many goals. Of course, they, I think two of them were empty. That is five goals he gave up. But, you know, I think after your team wins eight in a row, you really can't complain all that much. um You know, they're, they're right back in the mix. After things were looking pretty dire. I mean, a couple of weeks ago, man, it's, you know, like, oh, is this team would deal with Leon and Connor, not going to make the playoffs. And I think the, the noise got to them and, I don't. Uh, they they kind of found the game a lot more, and you know, I, I mean, I think everybody wants to have McDavid in the playoffs. It, it, I mean, I think we want to have him the Stanley Cup, man. It's like you know, back when Jordan played, or uh, uh, you know, Tom Brady. You want those guys at the pinnacle, at the best, the best game they can be at. So uh, you know, you might not be an Oilers fan, but I think yeah, we're all McDavid fans, and we want to see him uh, get get these playoff runs that these you know the greatest plays of all time have gone on.
2: Now, in your backyard, the Bruins, uh, they're, they're leading, of course, with 40 points in the Eastern Conference, uh, 18, 5, and 4. Now, they're 5, 4, and 1 in their last 10. Um, you know, they got off to a ridiculous start again, basically just carried over from last year, despite losing their top two centers. Um, now that we're kind of into the season, R.A., what, what do you make of the Bruins? Are they closer to their last 10, or are they still the dominant team you saw early?
1: Uh, I think they've been playing a, a little bit over the heads early. The goaltender has been spectacular, and you know my, on the chick, Chicklets about a week or so ago, I, I said to expect a little bit of a, a, a bump in the road for them. Yet yeah. uh, they were probably winning games they probably shouldn't have been winning again because of the goaltender. But uh, at the same time, I you know I've been impressed with, with what they've done, considering that you know the Bergeron retired, obviously a first ballot Hall of Famer, Krejci you know one of the most skilled center, you know, sentiment they've had in the last thirty years uh, gone as well. But you know Zaka was no slouch. I mean he's not going to obviously replace Bergeron. Uh, to that level, but uh, he's certainly been been pretty good in, in the meantime. Yeah, I, I got a good feeling about the squad. I mean, last year, I think we all still have a bit of taste in our mouth after the way things ended last year because, you know, uh, they lost a team that they, they should have beaten. The team ended up going to the Stanley Cup. But, and, and there's the whole Bergeron. We, I feel like they, you know, we let him down, or the team might have let him down by not getting him that second cup. But, yeah, I, I mean, Fantasia, you know, every fan base whines about. Yeah, you know, we all have our crybabies, and Boston surely has a bunch of them here. But I'm not worried about the team right now. Um, you know, the trade deadline away they can figure out what they need, to go out and make a move. But yeah, I'm pretty happy with the with the squad and how they've been going right now. And to answer your question, long story longer, I'd say they're you know closer to the the early version than, than more the last ten games. I, th- I think the you know the underlying stats, as they say, kind of caught up on them a bit. But uh, I don't have any worries about them right now.
2: Admiral from uh, Spinning Chicklets uh, joins us now. I do you want to get your thoughts on a few teams out east? Because I know you cover the well, obviously you cover the whole league, but the Eastern Conference. So, uh, where are you on the Islanders and the Flyers? Are you buying, selling, or undetermined?
1: Oof, uh, I, I don't know. The Flyers are one of those teams. That I, you know, I'm not the biggest fancy stats guy, but it, it, I think a lot of the underlying metrics are, are going to come due and the, the bill might come due for them. But I don't know, man. The way this team's playing, they got a, a mix of youth and, and experience. Their courts has them rolling. Uh, and, you know, hat's a terrific goalie. He looks more like the goalie we saw a couple of years ago. Uh, I think his safe percentage is about nine, 9 yeah, nine one nine right now. Um, and, you know, anytime you got a goalie that good, you got to punch his chance. Uh, I mean, are they going to hang in there for the rest of the year? I, I don't know. I wouldn't bet against them. Um, I don't know that they're, they're going to make the playoffs go on a run. And after the Islanders, yeah, I think they, I think they will get in the playoffs. They have uh, arguably the best two-headed monster in net between Velamov and uh, Sorokin. And Velamov's been the, the better goalie. And uh, you know, interestingly, next year with um, Sorokin's new deal kicks in, he's going to be making triple with Velamov as. And you know, Velamov's been better thus far. But either way, that's a two-headed monster. Uh, i don 't think too many teams want to face in the playoffs. I know they don't have the most offensive punch. they 're a little bit you know maybe gray gray in the, uh, long on the teeth as they say, but uh, again, it comes down to goalies in the playoffs. I know they haven't had to win the last two Stanley Cups, but uh eventually they're going to have to get back to that where you know the league's not going to like you know let guys have a you know ninety percent save percentage win, win in the cup. I think that's going to come back to you know uh, goalies are going to need to steal games in the playoffs uh, more than they have the last couple of years, and the Islanders are one of those teams that but they don't have one guy that can do it. They have two guys that can do it.
2: Yeah, it's quite the race when you look. Uh, Islanders are second in the Metro with 35 points, tied with the Flyers. They have a game in hand. Then the Red Wings have 34, the Hurricanes 33, Tampa 33, Washington 32, and uh, New Jersey 31. And uh, Washington and the Devils have uh, games in hand on everybody above them. Like it, It's quite a good race there already. And then you, you throw in the Pittsburgh Penguins, who finally figured out how to score on the power play again. And I, uh-huh. I, I'm not sure any of those teams are great. But, you know, the race should be pretty good.
1: Uh, It's going to be unbelievable. I mean, you know, on the other side, too, in the the West, it should be good. But the East, you look at how many teams, I mean, 12 teams within, I don't know, 10 points of each other or something crazy. And, I mean, even, you know, Ottawa, Buffalo, Montreal, there. They're not uh, within spitting distance, but, you know, one of those teams goes on a 5-6 run, then they'll be in the mix, too. But I think it's going to be a, a hell of a race. I don't know who's going to get in. Uh, the Rangers, they've been playing great, and we still haven't seen anything close to the best of his circuit, And We know he can play a lot better. I mean, Jonathan Quick, well, what a what a year for him. This is a guy I think people thought was probably going to retire. He won the third cup in you know, Vegas, picked him up for the stretch run, blah, blah, blah. He, he must have worked his ass off all summer, like, or whatever he did, he, he's been tremendous for them. I don't think he's going to steal the number one drop from Peter but he's certainly uh, the better goalie of the two right now.
2: Yeah, it's, uh, it's kind of amazing to, to look around. It's early on. There's lots of teams that I think... There, there's no really dominant team, and I guess Boston even proved it. Even though they're dominant in the regular season, come playoff times, the whole new year and everybody starts over. And Florida had maybe underachieved a bit, and then, you know what, uh, played well at the right time. And uh, if Pittsburgh doesn't lose to Chicago, then who knows? Boston might have won the cup. It's crazy how the playoffs work. But you look at the uh, at the Bruins. Do you think they're going to go out and make a splash for a center in your eyes? Like is Lindholm coming there? Like what? What do you think they're going to do as far as the center position?
1: I will, you know, see what's available uh, at the time. I, I one thing I've come to expect, not just with the Bruins but most teams at the deadline, is you know to expect the unexpected. We always hear tons of rumors and this guy's going there and this guy's going there, and it's, a lot of times it's something nobody has, I would say predicted. Nobody was reporting on or leaking or whatever. Uh, yeah, I think if Lindholm isn't going to re-up in Calgary and that's to be determined, and the Bruins can, can get him for for picks, and well, they don't really have a ton of prospects. Then sure, I would think they they'd make a move to try to get him. But, uh, you know, interestingly, last year there was a great uh, quote from Nick Foligno when he was on, I believe it was Cameron Strick, and he said it was almost like we went out and got too many move uh, pots last year um, because, they, you know, now Montgomery has to feel like he's got to put every guy in there, you know, every night or every other night or whatever, and, and it was like they had too many toys to play with, and, and I think that might have somehow been a detriment to them. So uh, I don't know if the Bruins are going to try to load up well, like they did last year because it ended up blowing up in their face. Of course, the, the goaltender rotation, that was butchered as well. If they handled that better then. You know, it's a different story. But, yeah, I, you know, the Bruins, you know, one thing I know fans are always, always belly ached about the, the money they spent. And, yeah, that's I mean, frankly, that's an old argument. They've been spending set the cap since it's been out. Um, and they've, they've gone for it. I mean, that's why if we don't have a lot of prospects is we've mortgaged the future a bit uh, to bring in guys like, you know, like Rick Nash and uh, over, over the years. And, uh, you know, that's all you can ask for as a fan, for your team to, to make those moves to try to win the Stanley Cup.
2: Looking at... The uh, a few other teams uh out east, um I guess actually moving to the central I should say in Saint Louis. What'd you make of the uh you know, the Cairo pregame comments and the fans are like, We don't like that and then the post game, he's pretty emotional about it. Um well what do you what do you take away from that? Is it there's a young guy that's maybe gotta, you know, figure out how he's gotta handle things better?
1: Yeah. Well, you know what, it's one of those quotes that you read it and it looks bad when you read it. And I, I still been, I'm still looking for the video of it. Cause you know, sometimes you don't know exactly what was asked right before that or the context and not necessarily defending him. I don't think he said anything bad. I think he was just sort of wrapping up the conversation with, with uh, Rutherford there. And he said, you know, uh, no, no comedy is not the coach anymore, but when you take that one sentence and you put it out on Twitter like that and people, you know, it, it can sound petulant and, you know, you don't actually hear how he said it or his tone and, I think people can maybe misread. Again, I haven't seen the video yet. I don't know if he was flippant when he said it. But, yeah, that's a passionate fan base who absolutely loves his chief. Uh, for Craig Berube, they've won one Stanley Cup in their existence, and he was the the, the coach for, for them when they did it. So, they, you know, that time's going to have a lot of love for him. But uh, at the same time, I don't think Jordan Kairo's dug himself a hole too deep. He can't get out of. I mean, you know, he said something that, again, I don't know if, he, if it came off – worse than he actually intended. Um, but, you know, he goes if he goes out and, and plays to the level that, that the fans have seen the last few years, uh, you know, forgive and forget. They'll, they'll be hugging him next game. And I also wouldn't be surprised if they cheer for him next game given uh, the emotion he showed last night. I mean, he was you know, the guy was in tears. He was obviously uh, deeply disturbed by, you know, getting booed by his home crowd. He obviously loves it there, wants to be there. So, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if they kiss and make up by the next game.
2: R.A., uh, right now McDavid's 10 points back of Kucherov, does he, but he does have four games in hand. Um, uh, I expect McDavid to end up leading the league in scoring, but I think Kucherov second. Who do you think's going to finish third? If if we just guess and assume that those two are 1-2, who finishes third in league scoring? Um, I'm going to
1: go with uh, uh, Elias Pedersen out of Vancouver. Um, this kid, you know, he's... Tremendous skill. He kind of, I think he was languishing a bit there the last couple of years, but uh, Rick Hawkins gotten out there has been playing incredible hockey. Uh, Quinn Hughes, what a, what a player he is. But, yeah, I, I like what I've seen from Pedersen this year. I mean, I know him and Miller both have both been up points in addition to Hughes, but yeah, I'd like to see him get, uh, get in the mix a little bit there. He's a he's a guy who, you know, was bound for superstar him a couple of years ago, and, you know, a couple, he like said the last couple of years they're a little, little turbulent, but uh, he seems to be back on that track, and I really enjoy watching him play as well.
2: Great stuff. Uh... Ra, right, we appreciate it again, man. Have a great weekend. You do the same, boys. Anytime. Thank there you, you. There you go. That's uh, the Rear Admiral from uh, Spitting Chicklets. <laughs> Got someone. Gregor, just get him to say Carter again. I love it. Oh, you, I I do love the uh, you know the the Boston accent. It's definitely uh, very unique. It stands out. You can tell right away who you're talking to. It's awesome. All right. It's it's uh, it's no different than uh, you know a lot of people in the Maritimes, right? Newfoundlanders for sure. Have a have a very recognizable accent. I think it's awesome. So you uh, you can stand out that way, no question about it. Hey guys, I think the uh, Bruins are very determined to win this year, and I agree with your guess that Katahat is a great goalie from uh, Craig. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you know what? He's played very well. And you know the Philadelphia Flyers. When you have a goalie and your team isn't that good, right? Like. Good teams can have a goalie. You don't need a dominant goalie. I keep saying, like, Vegas is a prime example. Now, you can go the other way. Look at Colorado. Like, look at the last two Stanley Cup winners. Like, Darcy Kemper had a 901 or 902, say, percentage. And Franz Uzz, uh, in, I think he played eight games, he had like a 906. They weren't dominant. Now, Aiden Hill had good numbers, but they played in a system that he didn't get tested a whole bunch. And keep in mind, We might not have even seen Aiden Hill if Lauren Brassois doesn't get injured. So Vasilevsky, obviously, it's a massive advantage if you can have a Vasilevsky on your team. Because as you saw last night, he is capable of stealing games. And like when people like this text, Hey, Gregor, the owners are never going to win because they don't have a goalie like Vasilevsky who steals games. See, here's the thing. Did Aiden Hill steal a lot of games for Vegas? Did Kemper, Fransu, steal games for Colorado? Right? There's different ways to win. You can't just say you have to have this 100% to win. If you don't have an elite goaltender, then you're going to have to have really good team defense. Right? I, I think that's a fair thing to say. You can hope that your offense outscores all the time, but that's a pretty big ask. It's hard to do. So I... I would disagree simply based on the last two Stanley Cup uh, championship teams. And by the way, Colorado beat Vasilevsky with their goaltending. So there's different. The great part about the Stanley Cup is there's different ways to win. There's there's not one guarantee you need this, you need that. If you have these three, it guarantees you to win. It doesn't. It never does. So from year to year, it's different and unique. Would it be nice to have a goalie who steals you a game? 100%. But remember that Vasilevsky, that's the first game he stole all year. And, you know, it's unfortunate for the Orders and their fans that it happened against them. But I'm telling you, that game was highly entertaining. I don't... I, if the Orders... To me, there's a bigger concern when you, when you win games when you play terrible. Because I think that's not sustainable. Playing well... And losing, it's way more sustainable. You keep playing well, you're going to win.
0: Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role.
1: Yeah, that plush. And the best part, for every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness.
2: Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. The orders played really well last night. Just didn't get a few timely saves, they lost. That's how it goes. 240, take a quick break, come back with the uh, month of giving update, Cam Tate, and the two minute warning and more on the Jason Greger Show, presented by PlayAlberta.ca live in the Ewell studio. You know, I got into refing for the excitement. He's going for the chair! Turns out wrestling is completely scripted. But you
3: know what's exciting and unscripted? PlayAlberta.ca with an all new sports book, odds boost, and betting on any game.
0: PlayAlberta.ca. go all in on excitement sign up today with promo code sports 50 and get a 50 dollar free bet official gaming partner of the edmonton oilers remember if you gamble use your game sets
2: 244 welcome back jason gregor connor halley with you sports 1440 and it is time for the two minute warning live of course also on uh, orders nation youtube uh, cam tate longtime uh, journalist in our city has cerebral palsy uh, in a wheelchair uh, Speaking uh, can can be a challenge for Cam sometimes, and so, but uh, through the wonders of technology, uh, we allow uh, Cam to be part of the show every Monday and Friday with the two-minute warning. Beauty, the Prince
0: of Positive Fridays, way to go there, Gregor. On the month of giving fest, Eddie here reading what's his name, Cam Tates' his words. Stuart Skinner stood in the soundless Edmond and Oilers dressing room just before 10 p.m. Thursday night. He looked disappointed and looked forlorn. The Oilers netminder told the congregation sports writers in a breath of sheer leadership that him and him alone was the reason the Oilers fell seven for Thursday night despite 53 shots on goal. With the game tied three, three late in the third, Skinner surrendered the four. Three Tampa Bay go-ahead goal, which eventually led to the Oilers' demise, putting the brakes on a nine-game heater. After the game, Oilers coach Chris Knobloch.
3: This question is from Cam. Uh, he wanted to know if you think that Skinner looked or maybe felt a little bit tired, and if that's a concern. No, I, I think tonight was... Um, um, yeah, no, the last week he hasn't played very much. Yes, he played the previous game. Um, I think the workload in that game was um, pretty adequate. Uh, I think maybe just it's tough for the goalies when they're not getting the flow. Um, a lot of time in the offensive zone, they're not getting the shots. It's You kind of maybe lose focus. I'm not sure what it was, but, you know, I don't think that had
0: anything to do with it. There were no excuses from both men. Silence is golden, isn't it? Skinner, at the end of his post-game media availability, said he is steadfast that his Thursday night experience only will make him better. We find out Saturday night on the biggest stage in hockey, hockey night in Canada. If Skinner did indeed learn a lesson, and from where I sit, I have no doubt he will, and lead the Oilers to a victory surpassing the coveted 500 record by one game. Eight and one in their last nine games. It's getting to look a lot like Christmas the two minute warning with Cam Tate, Mondays and Fridays, Jason Greger Show, Sports 1440.
2: Skinner, you know what? You get up, you say, hey, guess what? I didn't play well. He didn't uh, he didn't shy away. He, he also the thing about Skinner is he you know he didn't beat himself up about it. He just said, Guess what? I uh I didn't like the third period. He said he didn't mind his play in the first 40 minutes, didn't like the third period. So now, comes out on Saturday. I, I, like, I'd i be surprised if you don't give Skinner the chance to bounce back. He's your starting goalie. Now, we can debate that, you know, the need to have a backup so he's not playing as much. I don't even think it's a debate. I think everybody agrees with it, right? To, at some point, you know, they have the luxury of time because they don't have a very busy schedule until February, but they need to have a backup who can play more. Simply, you don't want Stuart Skinner... Playing sixty games. You just don't. So that's not on him. It's not Skinner's fault if they don't do it. Now it's easy in hindsight to say, Well, play Calvin Pickard. Right? That that's the easy thing. Like Calvin Pickard is is he really for sure in your eyes somebody you would rely on more than Stuart Skinner right now? Personally, no, not for me. So, well, it's, it's nice to say in hindsight, play him. I don't think, uh, I think it made sense to go with Stuart Skinner and I think it makes sense to go with Stuart Skinner tomorrow night. Now, I think where it's open for question is, do you go with Pickard on Tuesday in Long Island? If you do, that means that he's going to play two of three going into the the uh, break, which usually doesn't happen for your backup, but maybe it has to. And uh, again, if the team plays well in front of him, makes the goalie's job on this team much easier. And uh, if the orders are going to win, that's what they're going to need to do. It's just that simple. Uh, Let's go in the community now. Brought to you by United Sport and Cycle. It's the final days before Christmas. United Sport and Cycle's last-minute Christmas sale is on now. Say big for the athlete or sports fan on your list. Uh, Stop in, of course. uh, They are open uh, tonight. And then uh, all day uh, tomorrow. Well, not all day. They're not open at 7 a.m. But you know when they're open, it's going to be be good. And... uh, We'll talk a little bit of United Cycle because there's always some new things going on in the uh, sports world. As uh, Kelly Hodson joins us from uh, United Sport and Cycle, Kelly, how you doing, man? I'm doing good. Jake. How are you doing? I'm uh, I'm quite good. I, I want to talk about this new uh, the new technology in-, in hockey, really, that has the 3D foot scanning for the custom skate, but also there is even the 3D head scanning for the uh, the custom helmet. Um, how much easier does that make? And do you find from people that everybody's getting a better fit specifically in their skates now than ever before?
3: Yeah, for sure. I mean, fit is everything. And now we're you know, we're moving into the age of where skates are now $1,500. Um, people want to know that they're getting something that fits really well. You know, back when you and I played, you know, we probably agreed that our skates didn't quite fit as well as we want them to do, but that's just what they were. And, and you just kind of made it do with it and but now i mean with with performance being on the on the uh on the forefront you want to make sure that your equipment fits properly so having a skate that you know is essentially custom molded to your foot um and built that way um is important and you know arguably the most uh important piece of equipment that a player would wear um arguably is a is a helmet um, so it's nice to see that that market going in that as well, and, and for us to be able to have the ability to be able to do 3D foot scans and 3D head scans, and then, uh, you know, send that away to the manufacturer and get items built specifically to uh, a player's needs, um, you know, helps with, uh, helps with fit, which should help with performance.
2: Has there been new advancements as far as getting the proper fit for a stick? Right. And I know we had Adam Oates on. He's a big believer that when you get your stick fitted, you should be in your skates rather than in your shoes. Right. I know they have uh, there's there's shooting scanning that helps for your stick. But um, how does that help as far as the lie and potentially the length?
3: Yeah. And then the flex and where the stick flexes and all those things. You're right. So, yeah, we have, a, as you know, Greg, a couple of uh, shooting lanes in our store and, you know, for more stuff. Most places where people will go and try a stick, it's kind of the arcade thing. It's, you know, I want to go and see if I can go bar down <laughs> and, you know, go rip a few pucks while my skates are getting sharpened. But for us, we really try to utilize our shooting lanes to do uh, stick analysis, um, scanning, uh, looking into how a player grips the stick through the shot, um, both as they're loading the stick and as they're releasing. Uh, I would agree with you that having your skates on, Um, is very important to be able to do this analysis. It's not necessary, but it certainly is helpful. Um, And then for us to be able to to recommend a stick, you know, there's so much marketing that goes on behind uh, from our suppliers about, get this stick, it's the best stick, it's the sexiest stick, those kinds of things. But, you know, for players who want true performance, they want a stick that is matched to their shot and their shooting style and, Mm -hmm. you know, whether the, the big bomb from the point or... You know, their quick hands, quick release, on and off the stick. Um, or or it's the snapshot, you know, where, where it's kind of that hybrid in between. And so there's sticks for all of those things uh, out there. So it's about, you know, properly matching um, a stick to a player. And we do that through uh, um, shooting analysis based on uh, scanning.
2: GM of United Sport & Cycle, Kelly Hodgson, joins us. And Kelly, when you look and you're doing all these fittings, because... Is there an age where the stick fitting is is truly needed, maybe or more beneficial? Like young kids, I don't know if they're strong enough to really do the flex yet. So now, or is it, is it maybe not age related? Is it more strength related? You found for for kids to truly get a benefit out of a stick?
3: Yeah, I mean, yeah. When when you get started, you know, when you're three to five year old, you're not really doing a bunch with the stick, than other maybe trying to hold yourself up. Um, but yeah, when you get a little bit later, you're able to load a stick, flex a stick. Then um, yeah, then we want to kind of take a look at it. And I would say the trend has now come to where it should be, where it started out where everybody was using super stiff sticks and everybody was talking about, you know, hey, what's your flex? And I'm like, oh, I'm 100 or I'm 110. And 110 was the most that was available at retail. And um, and then, you know, guys were going into custom at 120 and 130. You know, Char was using a 130 at one point. Yeah, it's crazy. And that's how people measured, you know, their – their rank in the stick world with how stiff a stick they were using or whatever. And then, you know, the idea, I think it first came around with Brett Hall and, and when it came out that Brett Hall was using a 70 flex stick, yeah, you know, it really opened up to, wow, man, the guy can fire the puck pretty good. So we should maybe take a look at this. And now, you know, get, being able to marry um, a player's, you know, like I say, stick, uh, the way they hold the stick, the way they load the stick, and the way they release the puck Um, and ensuring we get a flex that matches um, that type of shot Um, so they're not overloading the stick because then you can affect the release point of the puck or they're not able to load enough in which case you're not using the technology that's built in the stick to your advantage and uh, and you're losing that opportunity for advanced uh, performance so um yeah, I would say that the, the primary thing is is once the kids are able to load a stick, then we really want to start taking a look at how they're firing the puck and let's get the, the best stick in their hands possible.
2: Uh, you guys got a big sale going on now, but uh, Boxing Day, I know there's lo- lots of people that love the thrill of the early lineup for Boxing Day, and uh, you guys have a, a pretty unique thing. Uh, what, what do you got going on in Boxing Day for anybody who's out there who likes to line up early?
3: Yeah, yeah, you bet. So Boxing Day, because of the way the calendar is working out this year, is actually going to start uh, online on the 24th and 25th, and then we're back in the store on the 26th, uh, open on on the Tuesday, ready uh, ready to go. And, uh, yeah, so during that time, 24th, 26th, everything in the stores is 20 to 60% off. But it is also the final week of our 95th anniversary, so this year we turned 95, and we wanted to really give back to the customers. So we're going to have... Uh, instead of door crashers where people buy products, we're going to have a door crasher on gift cards, if you will. So we're going to have 95 gift cards turned upside down on a table. Uh, 94 of those 95 are going to be $95, but one of them is going to be $950. And mm. um, so we're hoping that we can get a bunch of people lined up on Boxing Day morning. Uh, we're going to open the doors at 11 o'clock and um yeah hoping to get a bunch of people lined up and we're saying one gift card per family because obviously we if we have 10 family members all show up and they're each hoping to get a gift card that reduces the opportunity for for us to be able to reward some other families as well so we're saying one per family um and uh 95 gift cards guaranteed to be 95 bucks at least and and up to nine hundred and fifty dollars if you're a if you're able to flip
2: over the right card. All right. Well, uh, good luck to somebody to get that. Well, hey, 95 free bones, take that. But uh, 950 would be, uh, would be quite good. Uh, that definitely would fit if they're going in for a skate fitting, for sure. Uh, great stuff, Kelly. Uh, we appreciate it, my man. Uh, we'll talk to you again soon. Uh, have a great Christmas. Yeah, you as well. Thanks, Greg. Take care. That's uh, Kelly Hodson from United Sport and Cycles. 257. All right. It is Positive of Friday. Now, I know, winter fans, you're a little down in the dumps because the order is law. Although, they're, you tell yourself, hey, they're eight and one in their last nine games. It just happened to be that the one loss was yes, but they, they just set a franchise record for most shots in a game at 57. They played really well. Goaltender would like to have a few more saves. That, that's really it. There's not much else, you know, to, to overly complain about in that game. There's lots of positives. They kept doing a lot of the things that got them to win eight in a row. You keep that up. I'm not saying they'll win eight in a row again, but got a pretty good chance to, to maybe win three of their final four heading into the uh, Christmas break. We'll see. But uh it is uh, the month of giving, and uh, we have our Friday Pyramid of Giving. And uh we need a little bit more. A little bit of a slow start, but that's okay. It's all how you finish, not how you start. All right? As we saw last night. So. We're looking for 100, 200, 500, and a thousand dollar donations. We only need one more to a thousand. Hey, I always love filling top of the, uh, uh, pyramid out, uh, quicker. It's the big ones. They're harder to come by. But, uh, if you have a spare hundred dollars, 200, 500, or a thousand, you get a tax receipt with this. All you got to do is text in your name, the amount you want to donate, and we'll hook you up with the Lee Center team at the Christmas Bureau. They've got a real huge demand this year. And so, uh, if you got a little bit of extra cash kicking around at a time where you're one of the blessed ones who can do it, You'll feel great about yourself, be part of the pyramid, and uh, we'll fill it up and get 7500 Bones to the Christmas Bureau. 833-401-1440. 833-401-1440 is the uh, text line. You can also call Connor and uh, get your information there as well. We'll uh, get to the con man. Sports 1440 update brought to you by BIE Engineering, specializing in all your residential, commercial, and industrial, structural engineering needs.